0: So that's what we want to see. We want to see God's word, especially the minority languages of Nigeria. We believe that if people have God's word in their language, then their lives will be transformed.
1: Welcome to the Essentially Translatable podcast brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. I'm Richard Dusty,
2: And I'm Emily Wilson.
1: We are winding down the celebration of the 500th anniversary of Luther's New Testament translation this year and uh, lots of great events. Just got to spend the week at Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun with the students and sharing the vision of the impact of Luther's translation, both back then and then uh, even today, how lots of different approaches to the Bible and attitudes about the Bible are still influenced from Luther's New Testament translation.
2: Right. And we want to encourage you, too, of like, it's not too late to celebrate The party is going through the end of the year. Uh, Even though this was the celebration of Luther's September Testament, the vision is for all of 2022. So we want to encourage you guys. A nice way to celebrate is Bible Translation Sunday. If you haven't heard of it yet, it is an awesome toolkit that church leaders can use in their own congregation contexts, and it's a sermon, and a Bible study, and children's materials, and service uh, elements, and all that good stuff. And it's great to be able to cast that vision in our 500th anniversary year of uh, Martin Luther's New Testament translation. So if you want to uh, cast a vision in your congregation, want to I encourage you to look at lbt.org slash bts. You'll be able to get there also uh, just by on uh, going on our lbt.org, and it should be right at the top there, Bible Translation Sunday. That's right. But why is it all important? <laughs> why is it all important? Is we want to share with you stories from our context. So uh, Reverend Kirian Ayuga had the opportunity to interview him Reverend Kirian is in his doctoral studies, but he has uh, dedicated his life to Bible translation in Nigerian languages. So... Just really was very blessed to be able to to chime in with him. And so he also serves as a lecturer at the Theological College of Northern Nigeria, working with multiple language communities, training up people to become Bible translation advisors in their own context and beyond.
1: Yep. So enjoy as we uh, listen in on uh, Emily and Kirian's conversation.
2: So, today we are with Reverend Kirian Ayuga. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Well, oh, thank you so very much, Emily.
2: It's great for you to be here. So, I want to introduce you to our listeners. Can you share a little bit about your story and how you became involved in Bible translation ministry?
0: Well, my name is Kirian Epal Ayuga, I'm a pastor with the Lutheran Church of Nigeria. My father was a Bible translator, having worked on the translation of the Buki Bible for a number of years with two of his colleagues under the consultancy uh, of um, Reverend Dr. P.C. Bruns. So the entire Bible, or complete Bible, was dedicated 37 years ago. Well, I grew up being familiar with Bible translation, uh, and well, I saw my father involved in the work and I respect my father a lot. I still do. And, um, I thought, well, if my father is involved in Bible translation, that must be something important mm-hmm. uh, as, as a young man, that, that was my, my, my thought. Then, uh, as a young man in the secondary school, my father and some of his friends Organize classes for us to teach us how to read Buki mm-hmm. language. But I wasn't directly involved in Bible translation at that at that point. Except that um, I think in 1989, I was involved in the translation and typing of the bookie order of service with my father and Reverend Dr. David Erbra. Uh, then from there I, I went to the Lutheran Seminary to be trained as a pastor. And one of the courses we did was a Bible translation and introductory course, oh, translation principles. Yes, that was taught by uh, Reverend Dr. Paul C. Bruns. That really made an impact on me. I, I really enjoyed every bit of that course. So when I graduated and went to the field for some years, returned to the seminary to be trained as a pastor, I was asked by the seminary rector to teach that course to the junior students. Uh, So for one year, even as a student, I I taught the Bible Mm -hmm. translation. Then, when I graduated from the seminary, I was sent to Boki Mm -hmm. as the district pastor. Uh, While there, I uh, worked with uh, Edward Ruprecht, Mr. Edward Mm -hmm. Ruprecht. He was sent to work on scripture engagement. So we, we, we worked together for some, for some years, attended some courses in JOS, uh, scripture engagement courses in JOS within. I returned to Boki and started organizing scripture engagement workshops to help my people. It was then I, I wrote a small pamphlet to help Boki people know how to read Boki because I discovered that the Bible was not being used because many people did not know how to read Bokyi. Ah. So I wrote I wrote a small pamphlet reading Bokyi without um, tears to help in that um, in that uh, area. Some years later I was admitted at uh, the Theological College of Northern Nigeria Linguistics and Bible Translation D- Department. In fact, while there, I was invited to help check translations in some uh, languages in the north, in the northern part of the country. So that was my direct involvement in Bible translation, checking translation, because while in the seminary, I enjoyed Greek, mm. the Greek New Testament. And um, yeah, so, so far I have worked with uh, about at least eight languages in Nigeria checking their uh, translation uh, so that was how I, I i got involved in bible bible translation
2: wow yeah. eight, eight or nine languages that you've worked in that is amazing most people when you know i was just at a, a youth gathering and many people in the united states don't realize how diverse the linguistic nature is around the world and for our listeners, a lot of them maybe are unfamiliar with Nigeria. So what is, what is the count right now for a number of languages in Nigeria? And how do they differ? What are some of the characteristics?
0: Oh, okay. Well, uh, Nigeria, o- although this is debatable, but we, we know that there are at least, at least 500 languages in Nigeria. So there are over 500 languages in Nigeria. Uh, Some of of them are, according to linguists, some of them are Niger-Congo languages, some of them are Chadic. Mm -hmm. Especially in the northern part of the country, most of the languages there are are, are Chadic. In the southern part of the country where I come from, the languages are more of uh, the Niger-Congo family. They behave differently. Mm and actually for now uh, about 240 of these languages do not have even one verse in their wow. language yes that's devastating not not not, not even a verse oh. of scripture in their language mm. 240 of um, of these. Mm-mm. then the others. there are some who have the new testament uh, others have the complete uh, Bible-like bookie. We are fortunate to have the complete um, Bible. Uh, others have just the Gospel of M, um, the Gospel of Luke. So there is actually a lot of work yes. that needs to be done in in Nigeria to, to count to zero. If, yeah, and I think that's what we need. We need to count to zero, no matter how long it will take us.
2: Mm. I had the privilege in 2018. I traveled to Nigeria and attended one of the, the Luke partnership workshops. And just okay. the enthusiasm, the encouragement to, to be able to see so many different languages represented in a single room and to have that vision of God's word in their own language. And so can you share a little bit? Because your your father was committed to Boki being able to have the full bible and then you had that commitment of all right let's let's use it let's engage with it let's read in our language. So, can you share a little bit of what it was like for him in the, in that process to have God's word in his own language? There's over 500 languages in Nigeria, but his his language, your language, what was it like when he was able to have that sweet sound of God's word in his own language?
0: For both uh, my my father yeah, and, and for me, too, that was a thing of, um, I, I would say, pride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because at, at the time that the Bookie Bible was dedicated, it was um, the 15th of the over 500 languages in Nigeria to have a complete Bible wow. Bible translation.
2: Wow.
0: Yes, so that was really gracious of God to have given Boki people that kind of, um, of gift. I wouldn't say we had the best because I know even at that time there were many uh, missionaries sent around in Nigeria, especially sent by Lutheran, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Mm. Uh, but only Muki Bible was fortunate in that um, area. So mm. that really made an impact on me and, and, and my father. And for my father, the Muki Bible is everything. Even he, he reads it He reads it daily. There are sometimes he will read and find something that uh, is not very clear about. He translated it, but he thinks because I've received um, more training, mm. he would always send it. Call me and ask. Okay, uh, it looks like this was how we translated this, but uh, I've read it now. It, it doesn't really make um, sense. What What do you think um, about uh, about it? Mm. Yes, and in fact, for me, even in the secondary school, I would be reading the bookie, I would be reading the Bible, and my friends would gather around just to listen to me because they couldn't read. Oh wow. <laughs> They couldn't. Yes, so so they were just uh, surprised that oh. And then I was still young. I could read the the the, the bookie Bible very fluently, hmm. so they would come around just to listen to me read uh, read read it. Yeah. So again, I think it's a gracious thing, hmm. a gracious gift hmm. that, that God gave to us in in, in bookie, and we feel God is closer to us. He he, he speaks he speaks bookie. Yes. If I really there is one proverb we have in bookie which says that is if the matter is a serious it is a serious matter you don't speak english that's what we say in bookie if it is a serious matter you you don't speak english Mm
2: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) yes and the bible is a serious matter matter it's a serious matter yes So any Boki man who sees the Bible uh, or anything in Bokeh, he understands or, uh, yeah, they understand that this is a serious, uh, it's a serious matter. It's not something you speak English.
2: Wow. (laughs) That is so powerful to be able to have like that proverb. And then this is, this is God's word. This is a serious matter to, to be able to, read and to know that God speaks Boki, you know, and so when you had your friends gather around you and as as you're reading from the Bible, what was their reaction? Because were many of them already Christ followers that they had heard from scripture, but maybe not in their own language? What was their reaction?
0: Well, I I can't say since I, I wasn't really investigating <sighs> intentionally their their reaction, but I could tell that it was quite quite different from listening to someone read the Bible in in English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah. they felt the message clo- closer to them, and in fact, it, it became a practice. Once we dismissed from from school, they would be asking me, "So when next are we?" Coming to listen to you read, so I knew that, that that interest was was there. They yeah, they really they really enjoy enjoyed it, and I I enjoyed it um, too. Yeah,
2: that's wonderful. <clears throat> Being able to like bring people in that it's just hearing in in their own language that that was enough to to attract people in, and that it sure. you, you know you think about it, there's very often. You know, oh, it's it's a Bible study and we're going to be reading the Bible. And how often I I see in, in the U.S., we, we take it for granted. It's, it's just there. And so, oh, you know, does it fit with your schedule or not? And that these students who had been in, in school, they had a plan to be able to hear you, to be able to read in a language yeah. that spoke to their heart. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So... As far as the diversity in Nigeria, linguistically diverse, but it's also religiously diverse, and how has Bible translation been impacting people in in communities that are Christian, but also non-Christian? How does that, how does that change people?
0: Okay, yeah, uh, Nigeria is predominantly Christian and, and Muslim. Some people say it's 50-50-50, mm-hmm. but we also have um, adherents of uh, the uh, traditional traditional r- religion. Now, uh, it is not always easy to penetrate the Muslim community. But what I have discovered teaching at um, TCNN is that Bible translation Paves the way for the gospel mm. to penetrate Muslim communities, mm-hmm. because, for, for example, uh, the students we train at um, TCNN there is a course they, they take which is language development planning. Because to do Bible translation, you must first develop the the, la- the language in in new media. So you develop your orthography and and things and related um, things. So when they go out to muslim communities especially they are not going out with uh, bible translation in the forefront mm-hmm. so they go as language developers uh-huh. they, they establish relationship with the communities with stakeholders in the communities and, and by the time they begin bible translation they have already made friends in these um, in these communities. So it's not just like you are going to a community. This is the Bible for you. You are not a Christian. You must <laughs> listen to the word of God and, and repent. No. So that's that's one 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 thing I I have I have seen. Bible translation really helps the gospel message to penetrate uh, Muslim communities in very very effective ways.
2: That's amazing to be able to to know that it's of course we want people to have the gospel and to be able to know and believe in Jesus Christ as their savior but to be able to say let's let's start with building relationships with people and so that it is it is clear that we we care and we love them and that we we're celebrating um their language and and their culture and and to to rest in that and then work in through bible translation and sharing that gift and how there's a lot to be said about just sharing the the our faith with people that leading with relationship rather than here here here's the word repent now like <laughs> being able to build those bridges
0: Sure, sure.
2: That's, yeah. that's wonderful. So you, you've you mentioned that you are a lecturer at the Theological College of Northern Nigeria, which is awesome. Can you share a little bit about your role in the linguistics and Bible translation department?
0: Okay, well, for now, I'm just a lecturer, uh, a teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was a student in, in that department uh, from two 2009 to 2013 that I I, I graduated. And um, when when I graduated, I was invited by the faculty to continue with my master's there at TCNN. So as to remain there and teach in the translation department. But at that time i had already been admitted at the University of the Free State in South Africa Yes, so I, I told them, uh, thank you. In a lot of Wales, I'll come back to TCNN, but uh, I think I need to go to South Africa first. So yeah. I, I went to South Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, I was um, working as a translation advisor to a language group in Cross River State, Otukwang. Yes, so while at Otukwang, uh, after like three years I was invited to TCNN to teach. Already they, I know I, I knew they were going to do that uh, because they had mentioned it before I even left. Uh, oh, wow. So I, I went back to TCNN after a lot of um, communication between the Lutheran Church of Nigeria and the Lutheran Church of Christ in Nigeria because maybe you know the Lutheran Church of Nigeria is not one of the proprietors. So we had to pass through the Lutheran Church of Christ in Nigeria to be able to teach at um, at TCN. Mm. Uh, so that's that's where I'm I, I'm teaching now. And the the linguistics and Bible translation department, the primary focus, I would say, one would see it in the motto of the department. If you come to our department, you see a signpost and it is clearly written God's word in your language. Mm. So that's what we want to see. We want to see God's word in especially the minority languages of Nigeria. And the vision is to transform local communities through the training of men and, and women. We believe that if people have God's word in their language, then their lives will be transformed.
2: Absolutely.
0: So basically that's what the, the department is is doing, preparing men and women to help minority language communities, especially in, in Nigeria, access God's word in their language so that their lives will be transformed to the glory to the glory of God. Of course there are many courses that we teach there, but' that's, that's, that's the focus. Mm -hmm. Uh, We teach phonetics, we teach um, phonology, we teach um, discourse, but all those are geared towards um, that same motto, making God's Word uh, accessible in the language or the head language of minority language communities in Nigeria.
2: That is wonderful. So the, the program, how long has that been around and how many students have passed through the program? I mean, you're one of them and you you're clearly you know working in, in God's mission and you said seven or eight language communities that you've already worked with right So how yes. how long has that program been around and like where where have the touch points been within Nigeria? Okay yeah
0: it's uh, the department was established in 2005 mm. uh, by what Dr. Crozier David Crozier, in fact, he started the department in his garage. Oh, wow. He was a lecturer. At, yes, he started the department in his garage. So the first students uh, were in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. That, that was where re- <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but from from the garage, the, uh, I think through SIL and other uh, stakeholders, mm-hmm. uh, they were able to build uh something and a diffuse that we now use uh, and that we now know as a Bible translation depart wow. <laughs> department yes so from 2005 to to date yeah so it's not uh, it's still uh it's still growing yes uh especially in the area of Staffing we we have serious challenges in that area and you know, I'm, I'm I'm glad that I'm able to, contribute my quota with the support of LBT <laughs> so as to reduce that uh, staffing um, ch- challenge. So, so, so far I, I didn't really look at the, the records, but I, I know that um, more than a hundred, wow. we've had more than 100, between 100 and 150 students trained in that um, department okay. from at least 60 language communities yeah since i started teaching in 2015 i have taught students for from at least 20, 20 languages wow.
2: <laughs> yeah that is, that is amazing yeah. is, is it challenging so so much diversity in language is it sometimes challenging to bring all of the coursework together or does it feel like all of the people from different language communities that they sharpen one another and they're able to bring examples from their different language communities as you're talking about the topics
0: yes uh you know we have students from the north uh, students from the central part of nigeria from the from the south uh from from the west of course in the department we we focus on principles that they need to know, uh, principles they can apply in different contexts. Mm. And in fact, in class, you could, you, you, there are times you hear examples from uh, different language um, communities. Uh, in fact, we've had students even from Ghana. Wow! We once had a stu- uh, we had a student from Ghana, Samson Samsa, I think that, that's his name. Yes. If, if there was a time we were talking about um, Jesus. Uh, knocking at the door, and the the young man said, wow, in his culture, it wouldn't make sense to say Jesus knocks at the door, because in their culture, if you hear a knock at the door, that must be a robber. Oh. Must be a robber. Oh. A a thief. (laughs) So just just a knock at the door would portray Jesus as a a thief, as a bandit. dear. (laughs) Uh, so work? so <laughs> it, no it wouldn't work so in their culture uh you you cough you stand by the door and cough oh.
2: <laughs> so wow
0: so how, so what do we write do you say jesus uh, stands by the door and coughs <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah and that brings to mind the challenges so some sometimes because languages are not mirror images of each other is not always um, easy mm-hmm. to to get a hundred percent equivalence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you navigate through and um, yeah, you, you aim for perfection, but sometimes you can gain perfection, uh, but at least because we stop at excellence if we can uh... <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I, I love yeah. how that that sharpens one another right of as different language communities come together and they translate God's word and how we learn about culture but we also learn about the unique way that God has has shared with his people of who he is and that you know we just because there is that you know knocking imagery of this is still something that people are able to do you know like this standing at the door and coughing that it is still that accessibility of Jesus coming to his people and that it's he's present with his people that physical nature and how he's at work that's awesome I love it I'm, I'm now going to read that passage with different uh, different eyes and ears now <laughs> I love it and you're very clearly passionate about God's Word going forth, and you're you're continuing in your studies. Right now you're in this Ph.D. program for narrative discourse analysis. I had to read that and make sure that I was getting that, that term right. So most of our listeners, myself included, were unfamiliar with this field of study. So can you share a little bit, what does that involve?
0: Oh, okay, hmm. well... Uh... Discourse analysis. Well, people look at it from different different angles. They define it in different ways. Mm-hmm. But for me, what I have discovered is, it is mm-hmm. looking at um, language above the sentence. Mm-hmm. You are looking at language above the sentence. You are looking at text, the whole story. As, as it is told. There is, uh, in this course analysis, what people say, that the, 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 the whole constrains the parts, ah. and the parts explain the whole. Hmm. Yes. So the way the story is told, the whole story uh constrains how the parts are supposed to to be and these parts explain the whole the whole story so you are not only looking at um, sentence structure or phrase structure you are looking at the structure of the whole story mm-hmm. uh, and how it contributes mm-hmm. and how uh, the, lang- the language is um, is is used so that's that's uh, what i i am i am studying uh, discourse analysis was developed in the 1970s. Uh, Bookie, the complete Bible in Boki was dedicated in 1985. Uh, so when the Boki Bible was done, not much of discourse analysis was um, actually done. Mm. And, and again, like I said earlier, the Boki Bible is about 37 years old. Which it means it, it is due for, for revision. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I hope that the research I'm doing, my studies here at the Free University of Amsterdam, will be beneficial to Bokei people when the time comes to do a revision of uh, of the Bible. Yes, yes I I think um, my work will really be of 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 help. The point is. To study bookie texts, bookie stories, narrative, uh, narrative texts that uh, they are agent oriented, <laughs> agent oriented and uh, contingent, a uh, temporal succession. That is, there is someone doing something, or there are people doing something, mm-hmm. and what they are doing is in a, a sequence. This is done, another is done, yes. Mm-hmm. So it is It is temporal, ah. yes. So what I'm studying is I'm looking at uh, how bookie stories are told and learning the structure of uh, bookie stories. And then looking at the Hebrew, the Hebrew text, and asking myself questions. Okay, having known how uh, bookie stories are structured, what is the best way to translate the Hebrew text in a way that will make sense to Boki mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. from my knowledge of Bokeh narrative text. And that's why I've already collected um, stories in Bokeh uh, that I'm already studying. So that's basically what my, my research is about. And again, it is to make sure that the message of the Bible is clear to my Boki people, it, it is accurate, uh, and it is natural and and beautiful, mm-hmm. because if it is not, people will not use it, uh, and and then there will be no uh, efficiency. Thanks. Of course, I I, I tell I, I tell my students it is possible to achieve uh, effectiveness without um, efficiency. Well, <laughs> so you can you can get the back. You can... You can get the Bible out, but if it is not uh, being used, it is not efficient because there's a waste of, um, of resources. Mm. So I, I feel that my research is going to prevent um, prevent that. And a few other things that need to be reviewed, of course, 37 years, the language has um, has changed uh, in, sev- in several different different ways. There are many other things that have changed in, in Buki that um, my... My research is going to take care of.
2: I love how you have really just pinpointed the the conflict, the the tension of effective versus efficient, and being able to have God's word in in their hands, but engaging with it. That is that is what we're really looking for: is for people to be transformed by God's word, because it is accurate, because it is clear, because it's natural and beautiful to read, that it's not just enough to have a book, but to be able to engage in God's word. And that is that is wonderful to be able to have that heart and, and, and that vision, and then to bring it back into the, this legacy of your your language community and and celebrating and, and continuing that work with the revision of the boki. Uh, that is amazing. I, I'm so I'm so encouraged and inspired by that. And I I know okay. that your, your studies they' they're underway uh, what is it that you have been encouraged by in your studies so far or challenged by I know that it's it's kind of been a whirlwind right you're 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 far from home right now <laughs> so what is it that uh, has been encouraging or challenging
0: well I think you've already said the very first uh, the very first challenge being very far from home it's not not easy <laughs> no
2: no you have a beautiful yeah. family <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so that that has not been easy actually this is the first time in our marriage that uh, we are going to stay apart for this length of time so mm. yeah but uh, we i know that god is going to keep us and uh, his his grace is and always will be sufficient for us but that's that's the first challenge yeah uh, but I, it's been a privilege meeting people here at the university who are doing similar things, not in the same subject, but in other, in other subjects, uh, and seeing how they navigate through their challenges. Oh, tells me, oh, you are not alone, alone yeah. in this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, just, just coming to the Netherlands for the first time. That in itself, it's, it's challenging. The, the culture, the way things are done, are very different. Even how to get to uh, take a tram or a metro or a train. Th- those are things I was reading in books. We don't have those <laughs> in, in Nigeria. Even how, how, to, how to purchase a, a card that will help you. You don't pay. Uh, you just, you know what to do. So sometimes it's really oh it uh, looks like I'm very stupid here.
2: <laughs> oh I know. It it is so when you go from place to place and it's like, okay, everything that I know, every default that I have is not right here. <laughs> no.
0: No. No. But but people around they, they know exactly what to do, but you don't. So you are a stupid <laughs> person. <problem. laughs> Oh. yeah yeah in fact the very first week was not was not uh, easy oh. but i'm i am getting used to it now uh, uh and that's 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 good
2: oh. i was going yes. to say so just... there's a there's a bravery of of stepping out and and being able to say like okay I know this is where I need to go to complete my studies and and to to branch out but oh <laughs> all the barriers that will exist <laughs>
0: oh yeah 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 so yeah that's that's it um yeah i had the privilege of meeting some people in uh, leiden where i attended leiden summer school so that was really helpful getting the the knowledge that i need to be able to use the essential software that will help me in the analysis of uh, the bookie text. So that that was um, that was very 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 good. It was a good privilege, hmm. yeah. So and um, yeah, I'm also enjoying studying the Hebrew with um, my professor. In um, he is in Denmark, yes. And um, yeah, it looks like I'm doing very well in the course. He's he's very happy. And he's already proposing that uh, he would like me to teach the course in other African countries with with him. (laughs) Well, of course, he he doesn't know that I'm already very busy. But uh, if the the Lord wills, uh, that's maybe one other thing that uh, might add to what I'm already doing. In fact, I told my supervisor that even if I quit at this point, I know that I'm going out with something. I have already learned a lot that uh, to me it's important because what I've already learned, I think that I can share with others. So, so it's not about the, the title doctor, although it, in the lot of that might come, but what is important is I'm learning skills. I'm learning uh, uh, attitudes. I am gaining knowledge that I can share with, um, with others.
2: Uh, yeah, that is what I love that heart, <laughs> that, that heart of I'm learning to share, to be able that yeah. it's not it's not about us as individuals of uh, gaining status or anything like that. But being able to say, how can I build up the body of Christ? It's amazing. Sure.
0: Sure. Yeah. So that, that's what it is important. Yeah. Yes.
2: Oh. Well, how can we be praying for you, Reverend Kirian? How How is it that, I know we'll definitely be praying for your studies and uh, from your distance from home, but how else can we be praying for you and your ministry?
0: Well, I, I think for now is to pray that um, what I am learning here will be something or things that will help to build a body, the body of Christ. Yeah, I, I wish I could come here with my family, but yeah. that's not possible for, for now. <laughs> yeah. But I wish that were p- possible. Yeah. I think I've mentioned it before, but I would really appreciate prayers, especially for the Bible translation department. Yeah. Yeah. That, that department is, um, mm-hmm. is so vitally important that, um, the staffing needs mm-hmm. continues it might not be very, very good for the body of Christ. Uh, So I I would like um, people to pray that God will continue to provide the manpower Hmm. that we need at that, um, in in the department, Linguistics and Bible Translation Department at uh, TCNN uh, JOS. We will definitely. Yeah, I know that that, uh, SIL is doing a lot uh, in terms of um, other resources to keep the department uh, going, uh, but if God would uh, open other doors for others to also uh, join, I think that would be tremendous.
2: Mm-hmm. We will definitely be praying for that. That God would bring people to to the Theological College of Northern Nigeria. That his word would go forth in in nigeria and it sounds like other parts of the continent of africa as well that as people are learning and engaging in in bible translation and linguistics that he would be given glory and that more people would come to know who he is in their own language so i want to thank you for joining us on the podcast thank you very much for your heart for for God's word and for sharing that with with people around the world and continued blessings on your studies in studying for the narrative discourse analysis (laughs) and your doctoral studies. God's blessings, Reverend Kirian.
0: Thank you so very much, Emily. Thank you.
1: Yeah, the thing I love about uh, listening to Kiri and his story, just the, the background that his father was one of the Bible translators on the Boki Bible, his language, and that was one of the first—well, he said it was the 15th out of more than 500 languages to have the Bible in their language— and then just as he grew the passion that he had for seeing that that booky Bible would be used, it kind of had a, a small usage at first, and, and as he understood more about what the translation was and the potential, that he just really found a passion to say, okay, what's it take to really get the community involved here, and that's led him to lots of different exploration. Um, I love the the literacy book, uh, Reading Bulky Without Tears is like the translation of the title right. of it. And that made me laugh. But yeah, just a gentle soul and gentle spirit that the Lord has used in so many ways. So um, so I guess such a gift to his community and with the, uh, the mind and the passion that God has given him.
2: It's very true. And that his heart is to equip people. To To go forth and for people to teach one another, like yeah. the, the teachers, that the students become teachers themselves, and that it's just a ripple effect outward, um, even with the students at the Theological College of Northern Nigeria, that it's not just in Nigeria, but even people from other contexts studying and learning and growing and and going out into the continent of Africa and and translating God's word in their own language. And that's why he does what he does is so that God's word can be in the hands and hearts of all people. So we're so appreciative for Reverend Kirian to take the time to sit with us and and, and share his story and if you're interested in learning more about his ministry we encourage you to go to go.lbt.org/ayuga
1: and ayuga is uh, spelled a y u g h a right go.lbt.org/ayuga and we mentioned at the beginning of the episode that uh, as we're winding down the celebration of the 500th anniversary this year lots of opportunities to be involved like Bible Translation Sunday and again I hope this story and and Kirian's experience that you heard with his conversation with Emily just reminds us that we are heirs of the Reformation and the Reformation continues in our congregations and in the ends of the earth places wherever uh, God's word is still prompting people to say I I get it I've been given a great gift and I want to find a way to share that with others I want to share the joy and the peace of God that I have with others so out in Nigeria they're also heirs of the Reformation and uh, we have the opportunity to join together in that story, to be praying for them, to learn from them, and to grow with them. Thank you for listening to the Essentially Translatable podcast brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. You can find past episodes of the podcast at lbt.org podcast, or subscribe on Audible, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Lutheran Bible Translators' social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or go to lbt.org to find out how you can get involved in the Bible translation movement and put God's Word in their hands. The Essentially Translatable podcast is produced and edited by Andrew Olson. Our executive producer is Emily Wilson. Podcast artwork was designed by Caleb Rodewald and Sarah Radowski. Music written and performed by Rob Veit. I'm Rich Radowski. So long for now.